everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Valverde and Walker Kelly. Uh, boys, how are you feeling about the big game this weekend? Boy, we're uh, yeah, super excited about the big game. Uh, super excited about the bowl. Big, big, uh, yeah, the the huge football game. I'm I'm really geared up. I don't understand. So I get that, like, you're not supposed to use the term Super Bowl for, like, advertisements, but I think people go way too far with it. Like, yeah, like the NFL is not going to sue you if you say the word Super Bowl on there on your show. It's if you're like, come check out our Super Bowl specials. That's when you get in trouble. But uh, yeah. But um, I guess what I'll say off the top is uh, after the episode, stick around because we spent an hour talking about rookies and I recorded the last like 20 minutes or so. So I'm going to stick that at the end. And it's kind of an impromptu, more more impromptu rookie talk because we are done with this season. We are tired of talking about this and uh, we are ready to talk rookies. But uh, we talked a little bit in there. So, um, Mike, how's your day going? It's going pretty good. Uh, Actually, uh, part two to um, my my squirrel uh, feeding, um, squirrel it, talk, squirrel talk, boom, boom, um, actually now got a rock and got twigs. So they, I oh. guess these squirrels are super happy about what I'm giving them. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Outside of that, this is like my, what, 42nd, 43rd Super Bowl that I could remember. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool that it's a big, but I'm actually looking more forward to the food than I'm actually the game. All right. You want to get into it? What are you making for the game, Mike? Mike, well, Mike, when we were talking about the podcast notes, he's like, we got to talk about food for the game. We got to talk right. about the food because the food is what's important, especially for me. Um, big surprise. Uh, I like food. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the main thing that always goes to every Super Bowl party that has to be there or i'm just like you know what i don't care about the super bowl i don't care about the food unless it's this is here and that is my uh spinach dip in a bread bowl with the best chips money can buy and whatever the most expensive chips there is at the grocery store is wow. the best chips that money can buy gold so, chips this guy's gold, eating gold computer gold chips? chips this guy's uh, eating computer chips Computer yeah. chips, uh, whatever, whatever may be handy, it's it's going down. All right, my mom actually makes pretty good vegan spinach dip because uh, my sister is vegan and uh, that's my mom's like designated thing. Um, but t- I gotta try that. That sounds really sp- good. Spinach dip in a sourdough bread bowl is like Northern California. Uh, you know what, right there, Walker? Do they have uh, spinach dip in uh, sourdough bread bowls in Michigan? Is, does, did it make it that far? Is that really a California thing? Uh, I mean, I've definitely seen it before. Like, restaurants have it sometimes, but, uh, like, it's not something that people usually make at home. Oh, yeah. It's a big uh, California thing uh, to make, like, at home. So, there you go. Walker, how's your day going? Oh, it's fine. I've uh, I've, I've started doing the bracket stuff again. Uh, yeah, I yeah. saw your bracketology stuff. Did you change your name or did you just call yourself Big Bracketology Dricks? I changed the I changed the display name. Yeah. So yeah, Big, big Bracketology Dricks is back. Uh, combined over the last two times that a tournament has happened, it's obviously 2020. We missed it with COVID. Uh, I'm a combined 135 out of 136 on predicting tournament teams. So 
nice. pathetic. Who'd you get wrong? Uh, I really probably like remember. FIU or something like that. I don't remember. It was last year, and I it, I forget. All right, I folks. I don't remember. Yeah. All right, folks. So, uh, what are you doing for the Super Bowl uh, for food wise this weekend? Are you are you making anything? Do you cook, Walker? I cook sometimes. I mean, I'm pretty good at it when I do it. I don't do it all nice. that much. Um, uh, probably, I would imagine my dad's gonna fry up do uh, chicken wings, Sweet. and then uh, yeah, we'll coat them in. A, we have this uh, apple cider grilling sauce that we get from. Um, uh, American Spoon in uh, Petoskey, Traverse City area. And then I just doctor that up with some like chili powder cumin. Toss it mm. around on the wings. Real good stuff. Apple cider grilling sauce. That sounds interesting. I do a lot of uh, apple cider stuff in my uh, in my smoking, which, um, yeah, I won't. Yeah, I won't be smoking for um, this guy smoking on that apple cider. That's right. <laughs> um I will be smoking wing, or ribs on Friday, but not for the Super Bowl. I am doing because uh, my whole family's coming over. So it will be same as always, which is a taco bar, because that's how you accommodate everybody's food allergies and food preferences. You go, here's a bunch of stuff. Put it together yourself. I'm not dealing with it. So yep. uh, making jackfruit carnitas, which if you've never had it, is uh, actually uh, it's, no. It, it's, you've never, have you had it, Walker? Yeah, I hate jackfruit. Oh, you hate jackfruit. OK, yeah, yeah. that'll That'll do it. Yeah, um, I love I love carnitas. I think it might also be because I love pork carnitas so much. Like it's one of my favorite things in the world to eat, and I just don't like the taste of jackfruit. So it's just such a weird. It's such an incredible difference to me. Yeah. Well, that's not for me. I am also making a six pounds of barbacoa. So. Ooh, that's good stuff. Well, I'm just coming over, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is in the driveway. Yeah, Mike's Mike's. Uh, like six tacos, please. <laughs> yep. Hook it up. Yeah. So no, it, it'll be it'll be fun time. I'm gonna have my family coming over, but uh, yeah. Let's uh let's talk about uh the National Football League Championship. Um, I'm gonna see if I can go without saying it. Uh, whenever the, I reference the it. NFL championship. Uh, you mean the thing that the Lions have won? Is it the fourth? Oh, is this? Uh, when did the last time? When did they win it though? How? Oh God, the last one was like fifty nine. 59 nice i was gonna say 55 but yeah it's like the sacramento kings who won a title as the rochester royals in 1951 folks championship that's right all right uh so uh if you're listening to this podcast you know that it's going to be the cincinnati Bengals versus the los angeles rams this is pretty much all we're going to talk about in this episode is this we're going to talk about the game itself uh we're going to talk about some prop bets um, and then we're going to do uh, we're going to talk about the puppy bowl, I guess, at the end. Mike put that Mike said he want to talk about the puppy bowl. Um, oh, yeah, about the puppy bowl. I have, oh. I have literally no idea about anything that happens in the puppy bowl other than that there's puppies. So, yeah, it's team rough versus team fluff. Um, yeah. Well, uh, they, I'm going to go with team fluff. They sound team, they sound nicer. Team fluff. I'm just going to see. I'm looking at the pictures. I'm going to see uh, if any of them looks like my dog. Oh, Team Fluff has a dog, uh, a paraplegic dog. I don't, I, I'd like that dog to get adopted, but I don't think that'll work very well for a sporting event. Um, they had him last year. They had paraplegic uh, dogs running around last year. Oh, man, alive. I do not watch the Puppy Bowl, so I don't know. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, team Ruff is going to win because they have Cannon. Oh, wrong dog. Oh, well, I don't care anymore. <laughs> people people's interface is not out good. Of here. 
Bunny on Team Fluff looks like a white version of my dog. So Team Fluff is going to win. Go Team Fluff. That's right. All right. Um, all right. So let's get into the game really quick. So uh, there's only three real injuries to note in this one, which is uh, two injuries to the tight ends, uh, both their knees and then Daryl Henderson's knee. So CJ Uzoma is pretty banged up, but he's looking like he's going to play. He wants to play, but... Um, I think it was Walker before we started recording mentioned uh, not sure how effective he will be this weekend because he's he's pretty hurt. Um, Tyler Higby probably not going to play because they asked Sean McVay if he was going to practice this week. And he said, I don't think so. We'll see how that goes, which does not bode well for him playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, Daryl Henderson uh, dealing with the knee issue as well. He is tracking towards probably playing uh, if I could get that word out. Cam Akers um has been sitting out he hurt his shoulder against the Niners in the championship game but he was sitting out just a precautionary measure so he his his uh availability is not in doubt so uh we're gonna do this um each team's defense versus each team's offense um where do you guys want to start Cincy defense versus Rams offense or Rams defense versus the Cincy offense how do you want to start this uh Cincy D versus Rams always uh at the top, so we can just do that first. All right, Cincinnati defense versus Rams offense. So the Cincy defense, including uh, the playoffs, had a defensive DVOA rank of 18, and the Rams, including playoffs, defensive or offensive DVOA of seven. Um, I think that there is a big mismatch here, um, insofar as the Rams offensive line is really good at pass blocking and the pass rush for the Bengals is not that great. Um, I put together all these statistics for it. And the more I put it together, the less good I felt about the Bengals in this one. Oh yeah. Uh, the more you look at it, the more it's like, Oh, this is basically the Rams Super Bowl to lose. So uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Cincinnati defense versus Rams offense. Where are you looking? And then what do you think happens with this matchup here? Well, the first place you have to look, of course, is the, how are they going to contain the wide receiver crew of the of the Rams. Uh, yeah, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson. Uh, <laughs> ben Skoranek. Ben Skoranek, yeah. <laughs> of course, Ben Skoranek. I mean, yeah. how how can you lay off the chronic of Ben Skoranek? Oh, uh, my God. Bars. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, how are they going to cover? I mean, Eli Apple uh, is just, yeah, not good. Um, I know, I know what Walker says, but to me, he's not good. So uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't good last week. I'll give you that. He yeah, he got good. burned pretty bad last week. Um, but anyway, so it's just going to come down to how how much they can contain that offense and uh, how much they're going to be exploitable to to all those receivers. And yeah, I'm not, I don't think they're too worried about the run game, but Matt Stafford throwing deep deep balls, um, taking advantage of the safety encroaching or or whatever. It's it's just going to be really difficult. Uh, it's a, and it's almost a mirror effect too. You, I mean, you have the Bengals wide receivers on one side, and you have the Rams wide receivers on another side. So it, it's very much even there. Yeah, I was going to say, and I think this is a tweet that was going around. Um, what? Which wide receiver core would you rather have uh, without Robert Woods being healthy? Uh, I'd rather have the Bengals receivers. Um, All right. I think that, I mean, Tyler Boyd is better than Van Jefferson. 
that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, because I, I mean, Cup is slightly, maybe slightly better than Chase, but like very, very, very close. And Higgins is probably very slightly better than Beckham. So that leaves you with Boyd and Jefferson, and Boyd's pretty good, and Jefferson's average. Yeah, and if Woods was healthy, it would flip it, the other way, right? That's absolutely correct, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mike, would you rather have Auden Tate or Ben Skoronek? <laughs> <laughs> well, Auden ain't great, but Ben Skoronek is, always has the chronic, so That's I got right. to go Skoronek. Ben, ben Skoronek. Ben we go. the chronic. Ben the chronic. No, uh, Mike, uh, how would you... How do you feel about these two wide receiver cores? Which one would you rather have? I, I, well, it's, I, you know, I think in this game, if we're just talking about Super Bowl, give me the Rams because they're more veterans. Uh, mm. They, they're pressurized. They've been through it. So give me, give me the veterans in a, in a big game. Um, overall, I, in any game matchup, I probably would lean the Bengals. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, especially if you look at uh, the guys at the top, um, the Cooper Cup versus Jamar Chase. They're almost two different types of receivers. Like if I wanted one play where I needed a first down, I would prefer to have Cooper Cup. But if I had one play where I needed a touchdown, I would prefer Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase is more of that like he'll he'll break the game in half on one play whereas cooper cup will just destroy you by going 13 14 yards over and over and over um but we did kind of stray away from cincy d versus rams offense so let's let's roll back to that and um the rams running game has not been all that great and i think that that comes down to the fact that uh you know they've played the niners twice they played the buccaneers uh both of them pretty good above average run defenses but um, you know, the Cincinnati uh, rush defense is like just OK. They're sort of middle of the pack. But I, I, I think the Rams are only going to run the ball if they get up like two scores. Like, I don't know if they particularly want to run the ball and get really conservative because that's when Sean McVay runs into trouble is when he tries to get conservative and just run the ball. And he's got to do something different than he did uh, last week because he almost lost to Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> you know, trying to run the ball 20 times with, uh, with a compromised Cam Akers. Like, I'm sorry, Cam Akers is compromised. He's not who he was before. So um, with the run game for the Rams, I mean, how, how do you guys feel about this run game uh, versus this uh, Cincinnati run defense, which honestly it's like two middle of the pack things i i don't think it's going to make a difference either way yeah i mean i i think cincinnati is i mean for a lot of the season they were pretty bad against the run they got better uh late in the year but yeah it's just not something the rams are really going to focus on and i don't really think they have at this point in the season i don't really think they have anybody who's going to be frightening to the opposition in terms of running backs i mean acres is like playing at 70%. Henderson's going to be rusty. Michelle's just a guy. So mm -hmm. it, they just don't have any game changers in the backfield. And they have a lot of game changers in when they throw the ball. So they're just, yeah, I mean, if they get way ahead, then sure, they'll run the ball to try to, you know, waste time and make the game shorter. But 
I, I don't expect early in the game for them to be doing much running at all. Yeah. Mike, what do you think about this run, this uh, Cincinnati run defense versus the Rams rush offense? Well, I, I the, both of them are sort of mediocre uh, mm-hmm. or even worse. And, and I agree with Walker. They The Bengals, they're out of the gate where it was just really, really bad. But they, as we've seen through the playoffs, sort of shored that up a little bit. So they're both mediocre defenses against the run. Uh, I do believe that to win championships, you're going to have to run the ball. So, um, you know, how much does does the Rams want the Bengals on the field? That's going to dictate how much they're going to run run the ball and vice versa. So it could come down to Joe Mixon versus Cam Akers. And I think Joe Mixon's definitely going to win that battle mm-hmm. uh, or any running back from the Rams for that matter. It's not a, it, I'd take Joe Mixon over all of them at this point. So. The and then you're also the defensive front too, um, as we'll probably talk about in the passing game. But um, yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where both teams are built on passing the ball. So how much running game is involved is probably going to be, as you mentioned, Jeff, the lead it, who's who's dominating the game, who wants that clock to be running, and that will sort of dictate how much they run the ball or not run the ball. Yeah, and. You look at the so you look at the Rams offensive line, um, number one in pass block win rate, according to ESPN, um, number 10 in run block win rate. They're pretty much built to keep Matthew Stafford upright as long as humanly possible. Um, Second in quarterback pressure rate allowed. And that is really the focus of their team. And the the Bengals like. Pass rush is pretty good. They were third in sacks. Uh, I'm sorry, that's their offense. They were third in sacks loud. They were 11th in sacks. Um, and their quarterback pressure rate was in the top half. But there's nothing that scares me, really. Like, Trey Hendrickson, pretty good. But nothing about that the, the, the pass rush for the Bengals really scares me when going up against this Rams offensive line. I think it's going to be a thing where the running is going to be very secondary for the Rams. It's going to be the Rams are up. 13 to three and they're going to that's when they're going to start running the football a lot and then they'll they'll go back to passing if things get closer um but i just i don't know i i'm not particularly worried about this rams pass offense uh versus this uh Bengals pass defense it's 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 you know it, it's it's the area where the rams are going to exploit um and you know the rams Running game is just, as Mike, you said, mediocre. Same with the Cincy run defense. So I don't know. I I, I think the Rams are going to throw all over the Bengals and that that's going to be their game plan until they're up double digits, because that seems to be the Sean McVay game plan. Well, and they don't really have much of a choice. I mean, we've seen the best of Cam Akers. Um, we've seen Sony Michelle and. It's okay. It's it's serviceable, but it's not something you want to use as far as can we win this game if we just give the ball alone to Sonny Michelle and Cam Akers 25 to 30 times um, in the Super Bowl, and hopefully we come out on top because I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, they're not, especially this iteration of Cam Akers. They're they're both kind of grinders. They're not like super, you know, like game breaking talents, you know. Like right. a, like a Joe Mixon can be at times, or you know, uh, going back to the last round, Daryl Williams is completely game breaking town. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> He's so fast, Daryl Williams. Oh my Daryl God. Williams, folks. Um, 
so Walker, anything else you want to add about the Cincy D versus the Rams offense? Uh, not really. I mean, I guess, uh, on the pass rush, I mean, Sam Hubbard played really well against the chiefs and is a pretty solid player, but, um, yeah, I, I think that Cincinnati's defense, it's middle of the road in terms of DVOA, but it has been playing better as the season has gone on. They've made the requisite adjustments. Um, I think they'll probably do the same thing in this game, but, um, yeah, I just when you look at it as a whole, it's I, I would expect the Rams offense to win the matchup with Cincinnati's defense by a slight margin. Yeah, if you had to look at those, they're they're the passing offense of the Rams, I think, will help carry the Rams. But I think we really just need to flip the sides here because this is where I think things are going to go haywire for the Bengals, which is the Rams defense versus the Cincinnati offense. Um, and really what it comes down to is, uh, are they going to be able to protect Joe Burrow? No, or, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, the Cincinnati offense, just horrendous, at, uh, at, you know, stopping the other team from, uh, pass block win rate 30, 39%. Yes. They lose their blocking snaps on pass blocking more often than they win them. Correct. Yeah. And the Rams pass rush win rate, number one in the league, they win more than 50% of the time. Yeah, in fact, 68% of the time. So, yeah, you have the third worst pass blocking offensive line versus the... This is, that's the pass, pass block win Oh, yeah, yeah, 53%. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pass 30, rush win rate, 53%. Yeah, 53%. Yeah, the, the third worst pass blocking offensive line versus the best pass rushing defensive front. Uh, yeah. Is that good for Joe Burrow? Uh, no. No, okay. Yeah. Mike, uh, to me, this is where the game snaps in half for the Bengals. What, do, what do you think about that? Yeah. You, uh, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, well, I mean, we just go back a couple weeks to uh, Tennessee and their pass rush, and Joe Burrow goes down nine Nine sacks, sacks yeah. <laughs> so we know that St. Louis oh, – where did I get St. Louis – um, Los Angeles, wow. going, going way back there, uh, Los Angeles is even um, better than Tennessee at their, at that game. So 12, 13, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that bad because I just think nine is kind of fluky regardless of the pass rush, but he is going to get hit. He's going to get, he's, you know, pressured. He's going to be forcing some throws uh, and there's just nothing the Bengals can do about it because that offensive line is garbage. As we pointed out, 49% win rate. Uh, So how many times can, can get Joe Burrow um, pressurized hit touch sat is going to be what is going to make the difference for the Rams. And that's kind of why I think, well, I'll just let it out the secret out. The Rams going to win in a blowout. I, over over under four and a half sacks for the Rams in this game. Over. I'm gonna go over. I Dog goes over. Think I'll also go over. Yeah, I would probably go with five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, so I'm looking. I'm trying to see how many sacks the the Chiefs had. The Chiefs had one sack last week or two weeks ago, and it was Melvin Mangrum. So that's pretty interesting. But they're also not a huge, you know. Yeah, player. and. Frank Clark played really bad. Did he? I wasn't. I, I yeah. tried to pretend like Frank Clark isn't on the football field. So that's a smart thing to do. He yeah. sucks. Yeah. 
as um, a human being. Yeah, he's a bad human. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't particularly pay a lot of attention to him. But, uh, yeah, I think it's the sort of thing where this is what I think is going to happen. And actually, you know what? We'll get into that in a second, the overall uh, game game plan. But I really think that the Cincinnati offense is just uh, – they're not going to be able to overcome this pass rush, especially um, – do you guys – does is Jalen Ramsey just going to shadow Jamar Chase? Probably. Yeah, I would imagine. So then you're relying on T. Higgins, who for a lot of teams would be their wide receiver one, and you could do worse things, but T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd to make things work. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we've seen that Jalen Ramsey can get beat sometimes. I mean, Mike Evans did it to him once um, in the divisional round. So I would expect Chase to still have a – decent enough game but yeah i wouldn't expect it to be a like a huge blow-up game for him and uh yeah i i just i I don't expect that i i think cincinnati i mean they're gonna have to throw a lot and that's that's the problem is Mm -hmm. that i just don't think they're gonna be able to shorten this game enough with the run they should be able to run decently effectively when they do it um but yeah, I mean, they're going basically. I think the only chance you, when you look at it, you know, the only chance that Cincinnati has in this game is if they force a bunch of turnovers. Yeah, and the Rams don't really turn the ball over that much. Right. I mean, it's like Stafford led the league in interceptions, but like it, he didn't really throw that many interceptions. Yeah, I mean, it's also a thing where he threw the ball over 600 times. So it's like the more you throw it, obviously, the more interceptions. Yeah, his, his interception rate was like league average. He just yeah. chucked the ball a ton and threw 18 picks. So it's like, well, that's really not that bad. It just, when you say he th- threw the most picks, everybody like panics and goes nuts. But it's like, you got to have context for these things. Yeah, because he threw the ball a lot. I just think, yeah, I think the, Ram- uh, the Rams are going to force the Bengals to throw, and that's not what they want to do. You know, 20th in pass attempts, um, uh, they want to slow the game down. 20th in pass attempts, 19th in rush attempts, and they're going to have to throw to catch up to the Rams. And I think that, you know, as much swagger as, as Joe Burrow has, I think that that's going to be a problem for him. Yeah. You know, it's it's increasing the number of mistakes and the likelihood of mistakes. Um, so, Mike, uh, what 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 are your thoughts on... Um, on uh, Anything else about this run defense or this uh, defense versus this offense? You want to talk about Joe Mixon? I'm really, yeah. I'm, I really Not did a really. great job of transitioning there. So, <laughs> you want to talk about Joe Mixon versus this run defense, Mike? Yeah. Uh, well, as, as you pointed out, uh, we're you know looking at Joe Mixon. He's very much of a home run kind of guy. Um, he gets stopped a couple times and makes two or three yards and then he hits like a 12 yarder so um he's he's very very much of a home run kind of kind of guy and then can he exploit those gaps can can they move Aaron Donald out of the way and have him be able to hit a gap because he's much more of a gap runner than he is you know around the end kind of guy so it's it's those kind of things that you're you're, you're going to look at, and if Aaron Donald can fill up one or two gaps, then it's going to be trouble for Joe Mixon. And I don't, you know, it's kind of hard to go against Aaron Donald, but Joe Mixon has done it all year too against any team, um, and I think that's going to be something exciting to watch. Yeah, I think. Um... 
I don't know. The 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 thing that gives me pause about thinking that the Rams will definitely just run away with this is that um they can give up big run plays. And Joe Mixon, like you said, is that kind of home run hitter. Like um, you know, they they gave up the fourth most 20 plus yard rush plays. And I think that that's where the equalizer can come. And I can't believe I've gotten to the point where I think that I, I'm saying that I think Joe Mixon could be a, a difference maker for the for the Bengals. But um, but it really still comes down to that offensive line. Um, you know, the Cincy um, run block win rate, pretty good. Tenth in the league, much better than their pass block <laughs> win rate. Um, and but the and the Rams run I'm sorry, run stop win rate is first. So it's like this is going to be a strength on strength when it comes to Joe Mixon. Um, I don't know. It's it's if 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 Joe Mixon pops off two 50 yard touchdowns, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Mixon gets 50 yards total. I also wouldn't be surprised. So it's like, you know, it, it'll be difficult to 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 see. But I really think that the Joe Mixon of it all will kind of be a determining factor in this game. So this is where I think a difference could be made for the Bengals in a positive light, because I think it comes down to um, for the Bengals offense, T Higgins, because he won't have Jalen Ramsey, if he can step up. And if Joe Mixon can overcome this uh, Rams run defense, I think that that's where the game will be made or broken for the the Bengals on offense. It's going to come down to those two guys and obviously Joe Burrow. Yeah. Yeah, and keeping him upright, and if they can keep him upright, as far as I mean, I think we for, we forget how important it is that being just being touched or just being you know rushed on is is effective. Um, of course, getting getting sacked is more effective, but if they continuously get pressure on Joe Burrow, he's going to crack. And if um, if they can keep that from happening to a reasonable level, and they can feed the ball to Joe Mixon and he can do what he's done all year, then those tables have now switched. But you're asking a lot on this offense to not only do what you always do in a passing game, but also in the rushing game when the Rams are this good at defense. Yeah, basically you're asking the entire Rams offensive line and Joe Mixon to have the game of their lives for this to work. Bengals offensive line. Yeah, Yeah, sorry, Bengals offensive line. Thank you. You're asking for six of those guys to have the game of their lives for this to work. Whereas on the other side, you just have to have everybody just do what they've done all year for it to not work for the Bengals. So right, like I'm not I'm not saying that the Bengals can't win this game. I'm saying that when you look at it objectively, the much more likely outcome is that the Rams win this game. Yeah, I think the Rams run away with this game pretty, pretty handily, but I can definitely see a universe where the Bengals win this because Jamar Chase is a game breaker. Joe Mixon can be a game breaker at times. T Higgins is one of the best number two wide receivers in the league. And Mm. it's one of those things where I cannot rule out the Bengals winning, but it's far more likely that the Rams win. So let's do this. Well, how do you think if the Bengals win, because we're all in agreement, right? The Rams are going to win this one. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, what does a game look like where the Bengals win? And uh, they, have, Mike, they, they have at least a plus three turnover differential. Plus that's, three turnover differential. Okay. That's my, that's my thing. You know, my, my one key is that if the Bengals have a plus three or better turnover differential, they probably win. If they don't, they lose that. All right. Mike, what do you think? How, what's something like that, that could lead to a Bengals victory? I think 
a couple big plays, the three three plus plays out mm-hmm. of Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, whoever, and uh, they they win the turnover battle. I, I think if a team win, is a plus three turnover battle like Walker, that's yeah, that's probably a wrap. But um, especially when how explosive the Bengals are on offense. Um, but in a little bit more nuancy, I think yeah, those big plays, Jamar. 80-yard touchdown. Uh, Mixon hits, you know, 65-whatever-yard rushing touchdowns. uh, Pick six. Um, It's going to have to be three-plus big plays uh, for the Bengals, uh, those kind of big plays for for the Bengals to win this game. Yeah, my thought – I I kind of gave an idea of this, but – it's it's going to come down to like T Higgins and Joe Mixon combining for 250 yards because I think Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey, I think Jamar Chase will win more often than not, or, but I don't think it's going to be a thing where as Jamar Chase goes, so go the Bengals in this game. I think it's going to be the secondary pieces behind Jamar Chase. Um, you know, if they combine for like 250 yards, I think it'll work. But I think mainly what needs to happen is the Bengals need to just do what they did in the second half last last game against the chiefs and not what they did in the first half no (laughs) because because the rams are not going to um kind of fall apart like the like the chiefs did in the second right no yeah the the rams have seen this and i think that the bengals will do a lot of the same things because you if you're smart you can't blitz stafford he's the best quarterback in the nfl this season against the blitz so Mm -hmm. I mean, you saw it last week, the Niners, I think, on three separate occasions on third down, blitz Stafford, and he made him pay every single time. Oh, yeah, I know. I was, like, yelling at (laughs) – I was rooting for the Rams heavily, and I was, like, yelling at my TV, like, D'Amico, what are you doing? Stop blitzing him on third down. Yeah, the Niners don't usually blitz on third down. Like, it was a weird thing for them to be doing. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. So I I think that – I think that the the Bengals will do a lot of the same things and and try to – drop back and mm-hmm. try to bait Stafford into trying to throw into coverage down the field instead of taking the open stuff underneath. But with two weeks to prepare, I don't know how well that's going to work. And, you know, yeah, Stafford probably, you know, if, if you do that all game, he might throw two picks, but he's also going to complete 40 passes for 400 yards. Yeah. So <laughs> I, is that trade off worth it? Probably not. Yeah, it's it's oh we we picked off uh, Matthew Stafford twice and so we lost thirty six to eighteen. Right. You know <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, I just I don't think the Rams are gonna fall apart because Sean McVay's a good coach and the Rams fell apart a month ago and lost a football game that almost ended up coming back to bite them in the ass because they let the 49ers into the playoffs. So he's a smart football coach and he will I'm sure he self-scouted that Niners game with that they lost because it's the first time that he lost a game where he was leading at the half. Ever. So ever. Yeah. Yes. So it's like he he definitely needs to do some soul searching given what the Bengals did to the Chiefs. You know, the Bengals were down 21 to 10 at the half and then they came out and outscored them uh, 14 to 6. In the second half, uh, last game, the Chiefs, they did. And they did the same thing against the Chiefs earlier in the year. So it's in their DNA. And I just think Sean McVay is a better coach than Zach Taylor. Shocker. Um, so I think that in terms of preparation for that potential outcome, I think that Sean McVay is preparing against it, whereas Zach Taylor, I don't think, is thinking that far ahead. Well, and the, you also have to look at the fact that 
Zach Taylor comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree. Like, the Rams know the type of stuff that the Bengals are going to yeah. be doing. They might even know some of their terminology. Yeah. I mean, it's the same reason why Kyle Shanahan kind of can hold it over Sean McVay. Sean McVay can hold it over um, Zach Taylor because it's... Right. You're right down the line. So. Yeah, it's it's right down the line. Yeah, that that's not something I thought of, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, all right. Um, is there anything else about this game you guys wanted to talk about? You wanted to add? Uh, let's let's talk about some prop bets. All right, Mike. Anything else before we get to prop bets? No, I think that yeah, let's do it. All right. So I'm gonna start. Um, I have a whole bunch of prop bets on here. I had everybody pick two prop bets. Um, but I have a whole bunch. And I'm going to start with uh, kind of a warm-up, I guess we'll say. Um, will the coin flip winner defer to the second half? Yes is minus 500. No is plus 375. I mean, I think the answer is yes, and that's why it's got such ridiculous odds. I mean, it's extremely likely. that. But they, would you take those odds? At minus five pounds. No, I wouldn't bet on it because yeah. that's way, way too much juice. Mike, what do you think? I think there is a chance that if the Rams win the coin toss, that they get the ball first just because they're playing in their home stadium. And what a great way to start the the Super Bowl with you getting the ball first and getting the crowd behind you, especially if you can take it down the field. I think that would give them a, a big boost. Um, so... But overall, if I have to be a betting man, I'm going to say the teams defer. Okay. Um, so I read an article on Yahoo. 12 out of the last 13 coin flip winners in the Super Bowl have deferred. Uh, Zach Taylor has just deferred in his career 26 out of 27 coin flips. McVay has deferred literally all of his coin flips that he's ever won. So yeah. it's it's – almost free money but yeah the juice is out of control on this one so right. neg- yeah negative okay. 500 you bet 500 you get 600 back if yeah, you, you, if you bet, bet five dollars to win one dollar exactly so it's like yes. if you go wrong like you're gonna go very wrong with very <laughs> little very little res- uh, uh upside yeah. yeah so so yeah I, I yes is the right call here i just think if you uh you know it's not quite 50 50 like people think it is it's very much on one side so um all right, who wants to go next with their prop bet? Uh, I'll I'll put one of mine in. Um, you can get on covers.com plus 250 odds on Cooper Cup over 0.5 rushing yards. And I feel like he's going to get a reverse at some point in this game. I I, I just think that they're they're going to he's going to go through a little dry stretch you know, for like a drive where he doesn't, he, he'll go through a drive where he doesn't catch a pass. And then on the next drive, they'll be like, well, we just got to get the ball in his hands. And so they just hand it to him on a sweep and he gets like eight yards or something. And there you go. You just got free. You got essentially free money on a plus 250. I just, I would have expected that to be much closer to even um, with Woods out cup. They don't run as much with the receivers now, but cup has been getting those carries. So yeah, I think in the Super Bowl you pull that out and you get try to get the ball in your best player's hands as much as possible. So I think that uh, that's a good bet there. I mean, if you were to bet, if you put ten bucks on that and it hits, then you win twenty five. So yeah, um, what was it? How many yards was it? Over point five. Oh, I will so, also take that. So he literally just has to gain one rushing yard. 
Um, yeah, because I was looking at his totals for the year. This was one that I was that stuck out to me because I was like, that's a weird line. Um, but he has gained at least he's rushed the ball five times this year. Um, right. but he's gained at least a yard on three out of the five rushes. So that's why I asked because one of the rush was literally one yard. So that's, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that over, over half rush yard. Mike, what do you think? Over or under half? I'm going to go under. Ooh, Ooh, spicy. Under Mike. All right, Mike, what is your prop bet for this one? So the first, the first play of the game, will it be a rushing attempt or a passing attempt? Rushing attempt is negative 128. Passing attempt is positive 104. I, I think I completely, oh, I, I completely think this depends on who gets the ball first. Um, I think the Bengals will run, and I think the Rams will pass. So it, I, I don't think I would touch this one because I don't have – I don't have a cent. I, I'm pretty positive that that's how both teams would do it. So I, since I have no idea who's going to get the ball first, I, I would stay away from this one. But if I had to pick, I think I'd go pass just because I think there's a possibility the Bengals would pass. And I think it's a near certainty that the Rams would. So I'd lean pass, but I'd prefer to stay away. I'm going rush. Ooh. I think the Bengals definitely rush on their first play, and I think there's a good chance that the Rams pull off a rush on their first play just to kind of, like, get a rhythm going, get the clock going, start the game with positive yardage, That all those dumb adages that coaches love to talk about. Uh, what do you think, Mike? I'm going to go with pass. Oh, just on his own. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right. So now my next one. Um... This is my favorite one, Mike. I think this is my third Super Bowl I've done this. Over under, how many players attempt a pass? Two and a half. So basically, are we going to get trickeration? Uh, are we going to get, uh, you know, a, a fake punt? Are we going to get it like an Odell Beckham pass? You'll pass the ball from time to time. Or are we right. going to get somebody hurt? Over or under, two and a half pass, attempt, uh, pass throwers, I guess is the easiest way to say it. Uh, I would go with the over here. Um, Johnny Hecker has been known to do some fake punts in his career. Um, pretty good thrower of the ball. Odell can throw as well. Mm-hmm. And um, Burrow, again, he's probably going to get hit a lot, so you never know. You could see some Brandon Allen, which nobody really wants to see that. But yeah. um, you know, the, the Rams are the only people who would like to see Brandon Allen in the game at yeah. some point. <laughs> no... no uh, no neutral observer wants that, but it could happen. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that uh, in this Super Bowl specifically, I, I do like the over here, especially since you're getting plus 155. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And it's uh, minus 190 for under. So just the two quarterbacks for the ball. Um, I think I'm going to go over as well. Um, like Walker's Johnny Hecker was who I was thinking of when I thought mm-hmm. of taking the over because they uh, Sean McVay does that a lot. And um uh, they had Robert Woods do it for a few times and Odo Beckham can do it. So I think that that's a potential uh, avenue for um, for a third pass uh, thrower. So, Mike, over or under? I agree. You, I, 
usually every Super Bowl has some kind of trickery play to it, whether it's like Philly Philly or Heinz Ward throwing a touchdown pass or whatever that may be. I, I'm that was I'm Antoine thinking, Randall that threw it, wasn't it? I'm sorry, what? Randall L threw it to Ward, didn't he? Because Randall L was a yeah, Randall L was a quarterback in college, so yeah, you might be right. I I think yeah, I don't yeah. know, but yeah, Who knows? Um, there, there's no way to find out. Yeah, if you yeah, can't, no, no you way. can't figure it out. No can't, way, to can't do it. Can't do it. Um, but um, yeah. So either way, it, there's trickery involved, and um, so I'm gonna go over on this. Okay. So uh, all three of us are going over two and a half. So, um, all right, uh, we'll go to Walker now. Okay, so this one isn't actually one that's like, uh, it's not really one that everybody else can participate in. Um, it's <laughs> How much fun will Walker have? <laughs> it's, a super, it's a Super Bowl, it's an MVP prop. Okay. Um, I think that the Rams pass rush is going to get home a lot. And that could cause some turnovers, uh, maybe even a defensive touchdown. And one of the top pass rushers on the Rams is plus 15,000 to uh, win Super Bowl MVP, and that's Leonard Floyd. I was going to guess Leonard Floyd. Yeah, I was so like, I, it's not Von Miller, it's not Aaron Donald. Right. I, I think that there there's definitely a universe where Floyd ends up with, like, two sacks, a forced fumble, and a defensive touchdown. And the Rams you know, win like 24 to 13 and the ends and they just are like, well, you know, Floyd was really good. You know, the last, a couple of the times uh, there was a really good defensive performance against an overwhelmed offensive line, Uh, Seattle versus Denver, Malcolm Smith won MVP and then Denver 49ers legend, Malcolm Smith. That's right. (laughs) And then uh, Denver versus Carolina, Von Miller won MVP. So there's precedent for it, and it doesn't always necessarily. It was with Miller, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like the top defensive player. I mean, mm-hmm. back when the Bucks won the Super Bowl in '02, Dexter Jackson was MVP. So, it's uh, yeah, I I think that if you're gonna go with a long shot, I think Floyd is the best bet. Yeah, that's that's not a bad. Who has the best odds? Is it Stafford? Uh, Stafford? Yeah, I feel Stafford, Stafford is plus one hundred, and uh, Burrow's plus one twenty-five. Uh, okay. Uh, Mike, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's not really what you're right. This isn't one we can really uh, <laughs> I guess participate I, I in. I guess yeah. you guys can just like, you know, ba- based off of this, we can just like pick who we actually think is going to win Super Bowl MVP because I don't I don't actually think it's going to be Floyd. I just think that's the best big long shot pick. Uh, I think it's going to be Aaron Donald. Everybody keeps talking about how this is Aaron Donald's like coronation moment. Like people. <laughs> It's either going to be Aaron Donald or Matthew Stafford, but people keep talking about how the conversation around Aaron Donald and and sorry, the voters get caught up in this because it's such a esoteric thing to measure is that if Aaron Donald wins this, he's like a top five all time player. Like people are talking about it like that. Yeah. Aaron Aaron Donald, if he continues at this pace until he's in his like early 30s, I mean, he'll he'll probably go down as the greatest defender of all time yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and if the rams win this one it's almost like uh, the rams win this one at home with the face of the franchise for years it's like it has to be aaron donald right i mean and and to be fair there's been a lot of the, the voters have gotten a lot of flack recently for picking quarterbacks who had an okay game yeah over other players who did way better i mean um 
in the uh, Patriots Falcons Super Bowl, James White should have won MVP. Uh, the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl, Damian Williams should have won MVP. So Both Bears Joseph Badai should have won the MVP. Right. So I mean, it's uh, it's especially recently they've gotten a lot of flack for that, and I think that uh, given the uh, still prevalent media narrative that Matthew Stafford's not actually that good. Uh, I think that a lot of media members would be perfectly fine with making an example out of Stafford and being like, see, we don't always give it to the quarterback and uh, then giving it to Donald or even like Cooper cup or something. Oh, Cooper cup's not a bad call either. Yeah. I like that. All right. Let me ask you guys a question. If the Bengals win, who would be the person that would lead them to that victory and win MVP. Would it be Joe Burrow? Yeah, it'd be Joe Burrow. I think I, I, yeah. I would say either Joe Burrow or Jesse Bates. That's not, yeah. Because I was trying to think of who on defense could lead them. Hubbard. Hubbard would be another one. Um, he, and he'd be another real long shot. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would think that if, if the Bengals win, I would guess that it was a – that, that there was a defensive touchdown involved at some point, and Bates strikes me as the likeliest guy to do that. Or maybe Logan Wilson at linebacker. Logan Wilson's another He could have, like, 14 tackles and a pick six or something. Yeah, that's possible. I want Eric Weddle to win the MVP. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> Eric Weddle has already announced that he's going to retire after the game. He's well, yeah. like, uh, he had a quote where he was like, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to just, like, throw my body around for four games, but I'm old and I'm only doing it because I know I will never do this again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I think Donald wins MVP. Um, Walker, do you have, do you think Donald wins MVP or? I mean, I will go. I'll go with Cooper cup. Cooper cup. And Mike, what do you think? I think Stafford wins. All right. So we've got, um, and it's going to be like uh, Kendall Blanton is going to win it. Yeah. He'll, he'll yes. have like f- five for 90 and two touchdowns. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> It'll be Kendall Blanton MVP. And then all the Tyler Higby heads will explode. Um, all right, Mike, what is your um, last prop bet for this one? Well, I have I have two, so you guys can choose to answer whichever one you want. I got, um, will there be a two-point conversion, mm. or will any quarter be scoreless? All right, let me ask you a question. Is this a, a two-point attempt or a two-point conversion? Two-point conversion. Two-point conversion. Uh, uh, I, I don't think so. I don't I, think so on either. Um, I could see it a quarter being scoreless, but... I would probably bet against it. Um, I, I I certainly don't think the first quarter will be scoreless. Um, I think that the Bengals will probably be behind in the second quarter, so they'll probably get at least a field goal. Um, you know, and if they get into field goal range, McPherson's basically automatic. So it's, oh, yeah. uh, you know, they're the team more likely Can to I not score. Can I change my MVP vote? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Already? Uh, Evan baby. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, I would say no on both of those. Yeah, I, I think that definitely no on the two-point conversion. I, I just don't I, – I, I don't think this game is going to be, like, tight enough for it to be super necessary to go for either team to be going for two. And 
also it's like a 45% chance of getting it anyway, even if somebody does try it. So yeah, I, I would, the likelier one of those two would be a scoreless quarter, but again, I would probably bet against that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think the two point conversion is more likely just because you might get in a situation where the Bengals are down, you know, like 15 points in the fourth quarter. And so they'll need, they'll, they'll go for a two point conversion. Um, so, you know, what? I'll go yes on the two point conversion. Cause I think that this is going to be a game where the, um, uh, where the Rams are going to be up big. So it's going to be that sort of game where the Bengals will need to do things like two point conversions. I also don't think they will be a scoreless quarter. So, um, Mike, what are your thoughts on your two, your two, uh, I think uh, uh, conversion, conversion, yes. Score this quarter, yes. Wow. Ooh. Mike, which quarter? Good question. I'm going to go third quarter. Ugh, I hope not. I have this thing at football games where when I'm at Levi's, the third quarter is I cannot remember a single third quarter to save my life. Because I'm just like kind of still just like still in halftime mode. And I think third quarters are the worst. I think there should only be first, second, and fourth quarters. Sorry. Is Sorry, it is it easier? I mean, when I went to the Colts uh, 49ers game at Candlestick, it took me nearly all of halftime and the third quarter to even get back to my seat. Um, oh, it's way to... better. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's like the number one thing. The concourses are like three times as wide at Levi Stadium. Yeah, Candlestick was a nightmare. It was a yeah. joke. You could not get anywhere. Um, all right. Uh, here, let's uh let's do this. You guys want an easy money question? Yeah. Cooper Cup over one hundred and a half, one hundred five and a half receiving yards. Oh yeah, yeah that's go- really easy. Over. over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Against put- uh, who's who's the best corner for the uh, Mike Hilton? But he's a slot guy who is not big enough to cover Cup, so yeah. you'll probably see a lot of Chidobe Uzie, who is uh fine and he cup will abuse him yeah it's it's just like i i i put that down at first and i was like come on that's easy money 105 and a half yards like yeah i i i expect like i you can't expect like 150 but i something in the 125 130 range seems like about what about reasonable i would like 10 for 130 and a touchdown or something yeah, that's that's because that's what Cooper Cup has done like every single week this year. I know he's, he's insane. He's an absolute mad madman. Yeah, those, so, those questions always scare me though because it's so easy that it's yeah, just like, you know, baiting me in to go for the over when it's gonna go under. Yeah, it's yeah. been getting me on underdog. I'm like, ooh, let me add this other leg. It feels so easy, and then it's like takes me out at the knees. Um, all right, guys, um, will a team score on their first drive? Yeah. Will both teams score on their first drive? No. Mike? Okay, so we'll, score uh, a touchdown. Score. I'm sorry. Score a touchdown. Oh, yeah, it has to, has to be a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. I'm going to say no to both. Woo! Mike's, Mike's like setting down to a defensive slugfest, it seems like. <laughs> uh, largest lead over 14 and a half points. Over under. Uh, mm, over. Yeah, I'm gonna go over. At some point, it's gonna be like 17 points, I think. For yeah, the I think the Rams are gonna hit the ground running, 
Um, and yeah, it could be, it's, I think it'll easily be over 15 points. Like it might be over 15 points at halftime. Um, so uh, I think they'll hit the ground running. So, all right. Any, any other props you guys want to talk about the national anthem? Who cares? Yeah. I don't even know who's singing the national anthem. Uh, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. No. Um, (laughs) awesome choice. (laughs) Uh, Super Bowl 2020 in LA. Uh, could be literally anyone. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Olivia Rodrigo. Mickey Guyton? Is that a person? Is that? Here, Mickey Guyton. uh, What gender is that person? Yeah, right? Uh, Neither. Non-binary. Non-binary, yes. Non-binary. We love representation. No, it is not. It is. uh, Mickey Guyton is a woman. Uh, a, A... Mickey Guyton is known to most as the country singer who broke barriers with her Grammy-nominated song Black Like Me and for her career dedicated to diversifying the overwhelmingly white and male genre. So she's a African-American uh, country singer. Ah, Interesting. Wow. Well, that's kind of cool, cool, I guess. But that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I they, don't know. U- usually it goes over, but who cares? Who cares? Yeah. It's uh, it's it's almost always over. So, um, all right. Anything else? Uh, should we just should we make a score prediction? Uh, sure. Let me go back up here. Let's see. Um, Would Walker, it do Jamar Chase anytime touchdown? Yes. Uh, Jamar Chase anytime touchdown. Yeah, I'll say yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I, yeah. Um. Thank you, Mike. I missed that one. I put a bunch of extra prop bets in here in case we were short on them. All right, Walker, what is the score going to be? Rams, 28, Bengals, 19. 19? That's pretty specific. They're going to get, yeah, what would 19 be? Uh, four touchdown. field goals. Yeah, I was gonna say a touchdown and a bunch of field goals, a bunch of Evan McFear- Evan McFearless field goals, Super Bowl MVP Evan McFearless. Let's go. You can uh, get two touchdowns, a field goal, and a safety. That worked. They could uh, theoretically you can. do that. You can, but I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am going to go. Um, Thirty-three to twenty-four Rams. Same same spread, just different numbers. Yeah, I think the Ram I think the Rams are gonna get up <clears> big, but then the, the Bengals will come back a little bit. But I think it'll yeah. still be a pretty handle handed victory, sure handed victory. Do you wanna know actually what I think is, is gonna happen? I think that the Rams will be up twenty eight thirteen in the fourth quarter and the Bengals will score a touchdown with like two and a half minutes to go and go for two to make it a seven point game because you have to get the two point at some point and not get it. So I think they will be like the desperation two point conversion doesn't work. And then they go for the onside kick and the Rams recover it and sit on the ball and win. Yeah. And then it's all over. It, it's that um, everybody gets in the back of their mind. They're like, okay, there's only like a 1% chance this will all work, but it'll be so cool if it does. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. What is your um your final your your final score? So I think I'll go by the average loss that I faced in junior high. In my our football team. The Rams uh, are gonna lose. The Rams are gonna win by a hundred. Yeah, pretty close. Ninety-five to three. Woo! I, I I don't think that'll happen, Mike. 
Okay. So I got to check. What about 35 to 9? 35 to 9. That sounds perfect. Why not? All right. We'll go 35 to 9. Mike is predicting a Rams absolute (laughs) blowout. So, um, all right, folks. I think uh, I think that'll do it. So we will be back next week and we'll do a Super Bowl review. And then uh, unless you guys want to figure out how to use Skype, um, we will be off the week after that because I'm going to be in Hawaii. So unless, Deal with it. Week off. Folks. Going to Hawaii. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right. So I hope everybody enjoys the big game and we will talk to you like next week. Thanks for listening. And um, why don't you smoke some of that Ben Skokronik? as Mike so elegantly put it. Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl champion. backs looking like now and we can do this after the after the show if you want but i just i would like to talk about this stuff more but i uh hold on i closed oops i closed my sheet hold on let me reopen it hold on let me find it there it is i do want to start getting into this it just feels like it's once we get past the super bowl uh tier one walker hall Beatty. are my tier one tier two spiller algier kyron sincere mccormick uh, so that's seven. And then tier three, which is eight through 11, is Robinson, both whites, and Abram Smith. I have. There's a lot guys. of, like, just okay guys in this class, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, tier like, one. Uh, yeah. Tier one, I have Walker, Hall, Spiller. Tier two, Williams, and Beatty. That's it. Mm hmm. Tier three, strong, Algier, McCormick, uh, White, White, Cook, Smith, Ely, and Borgie. Oh, wow. Ely that high, huh? I like his pass catching. Okay. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) And uh, tier four, Robinson, Ford, Martin, Chandler, and Goodson. Okay. Yeah, do you know who I comp Jerry and Ely to? Uh, I mean, he's a slightly bigger running back who catches passes really good. Um, he's not slightly bigger. I thought he was like he was a little guy. He's like he's five not, eight. He's not tiny, is he? He's not tiny, but he's not big. He's like, uh, hold on, he is. Jerrion. The problem with some of these guys is their height. Oh, five nine, one eighty five. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's he's Naheem Hines. That's right. That's what, that's as soon as you said that. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Naheem Hines. That works. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's Naheem Hines and Max Borky is Danny Woodhead. Oh. So, well, he's bigger than Danny Woodhead. but Danny Woodhead. There's a blast from the past. Thanks, Mike. I'm going to take a look at this and then I'm going to. Oh, my gosh. This is so in-depth. Honestly, Max Borky is Max Borgie's just James White. Like, there's no reason to compare him to a white guy. He's, he's James White. He's 
<laughs> Sorry. You're like, there's no reason to uh, compare him to a white guy. But I will use somebody with white in it. With the last name of white, yes. Yeah. Max Borgia. Oh, okay. The name Max Borgia, I didn't watch him this year, but that's because I watched him last year. And then he didn't come out. So, yeah, yes. he's he's fine. He was really good as a freshman at Wazoo, mm-hmm. which made me pay attention because most freshmen aren't that good. And him being really good immediately was interesting to me. Um, he hasn't really improved at all. He's just been the same guy than the previous couple years. So, I mean, no, he's not going to be like a starter or anything. But, um, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's, he's obviously a very good receiving running back and he's pretty athletic. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think uh, in a in a James White role, he'll do really well. And uh, who is your last, the last running back you ranked? Did you, was that your whole list? That was my whole list, yeah. Okay. I, have, I would say my lowest guy is probably Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler. Yeah, because I have, I don't think, I don't it's think not Robinson, much. it's not Jermaine Martin, it's not Goodson. It'd be either Ford or Chandler, and Ford's slightly younger, so I'll give him the edge. So yeah, Ty Chandler would be the lowest. He he played three or four years at Tennessee, and then grad transferred to North Carolina this year. Right. He's he's another like small, fast guy who catches passes. He's just not as good as the other ones. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that I like. I watched them, and I was like, I was like, oh, this reminds me of this player. I'm like, oh, he's not very good. Like. Kevin Harris, not very good. No. Devontae Price, not very Bad. good. Damian Pierce, terrible. Damian Pierce, um, Snoop Connor. Oh, he sucks. He's awful. It pissed me off every time they gave the ball to Snoop Connor instead of Jerry and Ely. <laughs> because <laughs> Ely was so much better. Yeah, he is not good at, at, at the game of football. Yeah, like um, it's, it's definitely different from like Texas A&M where – uh, Isaiah Spiller suddenly got a lot less touches, but that's because Devon A-Chain is, like, really good. But, yeah, this was just, like, I was watching, I was like, oh, this is not great. No, not great. Brian Robinson is not good either. He, he's, I mean, he, he's big and he can catch passes, but Brian Robinson is literally just Joyke Bell. Hmm. You know, he, yeah. he's, he's a... He'll be, he's a decent number two guy and like closer to like run out the game, but he will only get what your offensive line blocks for him. I think I like him a little bit better than that. I think he's a little bit better than just what the offense, but he, he's not like, he didn't blow me away. He's like, fine. You're saying he's not very good. I'm like, nah, he's fine. Like, right. Like, like, I, <laughs> like I would say that I would say that Zamir White and Abram Smith are fine. I think Brian Robinson is not very good. Like I, I have, I have all of them in the same tier. I know, but like Abram Smith got about six yards of carry this year behind a much worse offensive line. And he was, he just looked better than Robinson did. And he, and this was, I think his first full-time year of being a running back. He was a linebacker most of his career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I don't know. I just really think that past, past the top five, I don't think there's anybody in this class who's a, a out and out starter. And honestly, Beatty really isn't either. But like, 
his ceiling is more Austin Eckler than um, strictly passing down guy. Yeah, he's he's Austin Eckler is definitely a, a good upside for him. Um, that's why I like him because he's he's got that like a little bit of this, a little bit of that skill set like Eckler has. For sure. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. The draft capital is probably not going to be very high though, unfortunately. Yeah, like. Yeah, things start to get really wobbly for me, like around like uh, like sincere McCormick, like McCormick's okay. Yeah, he's pretty good. I, I would, I think he's better than like the Zamir White, Abram Smith guys, but like, oh yeah, I don't think he's particularly close to as good as like Kyron Williams and Beatty. So I, I'm not a big fan of Kyron. I just. I'm probably going to split up tier three at some point. I just don't really know how to do it yet. Maybe I'll just cut it after McCormick because that's strong Algier and McCormick. And I might just go with that as my tier three. Yeah. I mean that if, if it, there's no like designated number of guys that need to be in a tier, which is, I think the problem that some a trap that some people fall into, like this tier is too small or this tier is too big. And it's like, if you have a two man tier or even a three man tier, like whatever. So, right. Yeah, I mean, I have a one-person tier. I have two one-person tiers in my quarterbacks. Who are the one-person tiers? Tier one, Matt Corral. And tier four, Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi? He's moving up, though. Tier two, I have Willis Howell, Pickett, Ellaby. And then tier three is Strong and Ritter. I'm not... I don't know. Ritter is... He's fine. He is not. He's not a starter. Yeah, I have him as a backing up jo- uh, Josh Allen as his like best case right that, now. Yeah, that'd be fine. He's yeah. Ritter is smart. He's a good leader. He's tough, but he just doesn't have an NFL skill set. I yeah. mean, whereas you know, it, he's just a worse version of Howell because like Howell can be a starter <clears throat> in the NFL. He doesn't have super high upside, but like he's got a lot of experience and he's not yeah. really bad at anything. Mm-hmm. He's just also not really that good at anything. Um. Willis is obviously the lottery ticket. You know, he's great runner. Yeah, Willis, yeah Willis like keeps else moving around. Because well. it depends on, like, are we talking fantasy? Then I'll have Willis higher. But in, like, real-life quarterbacking, I'll have Willis lower. Yeah, Will, Willis is definitely the top guy in Tier 2 for me in terms of fantasy potential yeah. because he can run. But in terms of, like, is he a good quarterback? I mean, certainly not at this point. It, he, he could be the best of that, you know, running group of Lamar Jackson, yeah. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. He he could be the best quarterback out of this class, or he could be like the, you know, out of the league in two years. You know, oh yeah, like, we just don't know. Right, he has we an just... insanely wide, like, range of outcomes. Where, like, I would say Sam Howell probably has like the narrowest range of outcomes. So, like, he's either going to be a bridge quarterback or a decent starter. That's it. He's going to, yeah, he's going to be somewhere between the 20th to 30th best quarterback in the league. Right. He's what like about your, Kenny Pickett? Is he going to be standard or do you think he's what? Pickett's, mean, Pickett's fine. He's, yeah. He's another Powell type to me. He's just, he's pretty accurate, decent runner, okay arm, you know. He's, he's going he, to replace had, Kirk Cousins in had, Minnesota. Had serious, uh fumbling issues every year of his career except this year so i'm gonna go ahead and go with the bigger sample size there uh yeah i mean he reminds me a lot of like daniel jones oh wow Holy did hell. he 
did I miss him running more? Pickett can run. He doesn't run. He didn't run very much at. Okay, that's what threw me off. Yeah. But when he does, he's quite good at it. Like maybe not quite as fast as Jones, but he is a good runner when he does run. He just doesn't do it much. Okay, I must have just missed it. More like Derek Carr, I guess, in that way. Whereas where like Carr only runs like once or twice a game, but then when he does it, you're like, why doesn't he do that more? Yeah, I kind of I kind of just lumped him in that like Derek Carr. Kirk Cousins, that that group that we always talk about, the like 12 to like 16th best quarterback in the league, depending on how things are breaking. Yeah, I mean, I my I guess my guy in this quarterback class is I mean, obviously, I like Corral better than the others, but I don't think he's like a special player or anything. I think he's fairly good. Mm-hmm. But Ellaby is my favorite, like of the non like clear top guys. He's he's got a great arm. He's been very accurate over the last couple seasons um, in terms of like a weighted on target percentage. He's right up there with strong for best in the class. Um, and he's playing at Western Michigan with an absolutely useless head coach who like ran the ball 60% of the time, despite the fact that he had Caleb Ellaby and Sky Moore on the same team. Um, he's, he's good. I, I, I don't know how well he'll turn out, but I want the lions to draft him in the fourth round. <laughs> I said he was short Ryan Tannehill, baby. So I also like uh, Ellaby. Yeah, he doesn't run as well as Tannehill, but he's definitely that type of guy where he's like sneaky good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like I liked Ellaby. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like uh, I will probably end up at, in like three years getting way too far over my skis on Caleb Ellaby like I did with Ryan Tannehill this year. Yeah. If he develops like 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 if he like if he goes to the Lions and they develop him into like a Ryan Tannehill type, I will absolutely lose my shit about yeah. Caleb Ellaby. Ellaby is he's this year's Mills to me, where he just rips the ball over the place and it's like, oh man, this guy makes a ton of incredibly impressive throws. But you just like don't know how consistent it is because he didn't really get a chance to do it very much. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I, I think he's a little more athletic than Mills is, but you know, same type of thing where I, I think, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have probably a probably a third round grade on Ellaby, and uh, I, I would say I would rather I would certainly rather take a chance on him in the third or fourth round than take Howell, Pickett, Ritter, Strong in the second round. I have a feeling there's I don't even know. Let's see, Howell. I don't think Howell's going to make it to the second. Yeah, Pickett's Pick probably not either. It's Willis be, definitely isn't. Somebody's going to trade trade up into thirty two to get Howell or Pickett, whoever's left. I've been hearing that Pickett might not get past Carolina at six. Really? Yeah. Holy shit! Um, I had Coral going to Carolina. I think Corral's going to probably end up being like the fourth quarterback taken because. He played in a weird, like, only RPO offense where he didn't have to make reads at Mississippi, and he had the injury in the bowl game, and he's, like, a, like a very, like, blue-collar kind of, like, I don't know. He's a pretty swaggy dude, and I think that's going to, like, turn off a lot of GMs. Oh, Yeah. Who like, there was some guy who was like really like, swaggy a few years like ago. Any, anybody who's like Bill Polian type is going to hate Matt Corral. 
But it's what if Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl and then that becomes the like archetype that people want? <laughs> Quirked up white boy with a little yeah. bit of swag. Yeah. He's goaded on the sauce. Or with the sauce. Yeah, with the sauce. With the sauce. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be. Because Joe Burrow is definitely like change. I think Joe Burrow is changing some minds because um, he is just, yeah, he's incredibly swaggy, but it works. He's just so. chilling. Yeah, just chilling. Uh, here, here. Let me ask you a question. Who is your EJ Perry comp? Who the hell is that? He doesn't exist. He's on this list. <laughs> I comped him Who to is- Patrick Swayze and Ghost because I could not find anything on him. He was. Who is that? He played. He played for Brown, and he's the number eight quarterback on this list. I really wish I knew where this list came from. I, if there's any non-FBS quarterback you should watch, I would. Watch Akil Glass. Akil Glass, who I comp to Desmond Ritter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> where did Glass is Alabama A and M or something like that? Yeah, Alabama A and M, which was like yeah. all the cutups are like somebody sitting on the sidelines, just yeah. like, just yeah, like he, it's fan times, basically. Yeah, he's basically he's like a, he's, he's a every because EJ Perry had a good Shrine Bowl, so that's maybe where they're. No, because no, because I watched EJ Perry on the 13th of January, so it wouldn't have been anything with the shrine. Okay. <sighs> yeah, no, he is. I comped him to Patrick Swayze and Ghost because he does not exist. Uh, yeah. And then I mean, Dustin, would... Dustin Crum, Kent State. Oh God. I comped not... him to guy who is bad at football. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> good. <laughs> Dustin Crum, not good. Yeah. Um, the guy from Eastern Washington, I guess, is. Maybe a guy you could draft in the sixth or seventh round, Eric Barrier. Um, he put up ridiculous numbers at Eastern Washington, but like so did Vernon Adams, and Vernon Adams is in Canada. So I think Eric Barrier is going to end up in Canada. Uh, I think the some of these guys, I think I'm going to wait to see if they make the NFL, and then I'll watch them. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, short Ryan Tannehill, Caleb L will be right here. Skylar Thompson, Hi. Taylor Heineke. Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson is every big white quarterback that can run that Kansas State has ever had. He's, hey, he's the tight, same. He's Taylor Heineke. He's Colin Klein. Yeah. What'd you say, Mike? Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Bad. He, he is Nick Mullins. Really bad. He's yeah, worse he's not, than Nick Mullins. He's not good. Well, I, I have a different opinion on Nick Mullins than most people do. Which is yeah. Nick Mullins uh, is garbage poop doo doo. Nick Mullins is a stud. Nick Mullins sucks, uh, Mike. We've been over this. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you the quarterback who sucks really bad who's going to get drafted on day three. It's yeah. Sean Clifford from Penn State. Sean Clifford. I didn't watch. I did not watch Sean Clifford. Don't Sean. watch him. He's so bad. He is absolutely terrible. Like he's Hackenberg level bad. But. <sighs> He started for a long time at a big school, so somebody's going to draft him. Oh, Because yeah. somebody's going to do the the Bill Parcells drafting thing, where he's like, well, he won a lot of games, and he started for a long time. That must mean he's pretty good. Yeah, like this, the, yeah. back before but, we could really do good scouting, where it was just, like, checking boxes. Yeah, and it's, like, it's the same thing that the Patriots did two years ago when they drafted Danny Etling on day three, who was just horrendous. And then... He did got like an 87 yard touchdown run in the preseason on a naked bootleg, and that's the only thing he ever did. 
All right, then. Uh, shall we? We should probably do a show since we've been on the call for an hour. Yeah, what is I JT think Daniel's doing. Is he staying or going? Uh, I think he's, he's in the portal. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess he's right. staying. He's in the portal, but has not made a decision. Talking about someone just falling on his face. Oh my god. He should just go to uh, because Clay Helton got hired at Georgia Southern, and he's gonna, for some reason, do the air raid at Georgia Southern, despite the fact that they're a triple option school usually. So he should just transfer to Georgia Southern and whip the ball around seven hundred times. I think I'm just going to put this at the end of the episode. Be like, more impromptu rookie talk at the end of the episode. Because I've been <laughs> recording for 20 minutes, so we've got a good a good chunk on there. So Nice. We'll do that. All right. 